0: Hey everybody, on today's podcast, we'll be talking with Brad Randall, post property management mastermind conference presentation and we have some fantastic techniques to talk about. Welcome to the Property
1: Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry-leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business.
2: Imagine a world where the phone doesn't ring, but tenant leads still get pre-qualified and scheduled. Where in-person showings get coordinated automatically in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Where occupants and owners are automatically notified of showings and leasing reports. Or imagine, no one has to show your rentals and they get leased faster than ever, safely and securely. That's the world of Tenant Turner. Come learn more about our beautiful scheduling software and world-class customer support. Call us, 888-976-4638 or visit www.tenantturner.com. Findigs makes your leasing process lightning fast and 100% fraud-proof straight from the applicant's phone. Findigs not only instantly verifies income by connecting directly to bank accounts without any documents uploaded, but also uses 3D selfies and facial match technology to perform complete fraud-proof bank-grade identity verification, allowing property managers to process applications in under an hour. For more information, check out their website at www.findigs.com or reach out to Henson at Henson at FindDigs.com.
0: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind. And we are live and in person today at the Property Management Mastermind Conference. And so in this conversation, I'm going to bring on Mr. Brad Randall. And he was presenting before me today. So I actually had to pay attention and took a couple pictures of your slides. I'm like, man, this is going to be a cool conversation. I got to get Brad on because some of the techniques he's doing in his business development and his owner follow up are significantly better than anything I've seen out there. And you got to share because some of the ideas are not new air quote I'm doing air quotes as you you can't see but they're really good and if they're implemented correctly they're going to help you retain clients because my presentation today was about client retention stopping churn gathering more sales and it dovetailed exactly into what he was talking about with introducing ways to keep people involved in your business. So I need to introduce Brad, this is Brad Randall. I'm gonna have you give us a few minutes of your time Great. and tell us who you are, go ahead. Thanks so much for having me on
1: Brad. Uh, yes, I am Brad Randall, different Brad. I'm <laughs> very excited to be here and loving the conference, first of all. So uh, I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. We run a brokerage and a property management company and our PM division is just under 400 doors and then we have about 4200 hoa units in 62 communities and our company over the last couple of years has really focused in on the owner experience we put in more budget more time more effort into that than probably any other endeavor
0: in our company so that's what i was speaking about today at pmmcon yeah it tied right into what we want to chat on here and i wanted you there's one particular slide Um, there's a bunch of slides that we're going to chat on but One in particular I wanted to start with was the PM versus the trusted advisor. You have a list of PM bullet points, maybe five or six, then the trusted advisor is 11. So there's obviously some differences because, I'm going to try and paraphrase it, but you can get your property management almost anywhere, Mm -hmm. but becoming that trusted advisor to where you can recommend buying this property or this is your net operating income, this is your rent on cash on cash return and all that good stuff. Explain to me that slide and how it worked and how do you explain it to owners? So, when you are looking to, when an owner is looking to hire a PM company,
1: you can do it by a lot of different ways. But if we as a property management company have price as our number one determinant for someone hiring us, then someone will move into, they'll hire us, they'll hire somebody else the next year because someone's always going to be able to offer something cheaper. So, a standard PM is somebody that does the basic things that you would anticipate. They collect rent, they take care of maintenance, they handle a move out, they handle a lease renewal. If you look at property management in its base forms, they're doing it. However, we have gone with the approach of Let's look at how wealth advisors talk to their clients about their investments.
0: That's a good point because to interrupt you, we are essentially wealth advisors. Yes. That's a really good way to look at it, almost like money managers. Yes, we are money managers, we are asset protectors
1: in a lot of ways. We are hired to help someone gain financial freedom through single family, multi-family, however many doors they have. And whether they're starting with one or 20, somebody that is going into an investment property is hoping to gain financial additional freedom from having this property so where the conversation changes with an owner as a trusted advisor when you play that role is instead of saying you know they ask what are the services you provide and we say well what is your overall goal with this property so it's not oh our management fee is this This is how much we charge for marketing this is how much we charge for lease renewal we are saying we handle all of those things but even more than that we want to help look at this asset and see how the day-to-day operations can help you build financial freedom little by little and then you use the positive money that you're gaining from the property to buy more properties to grow your portfolio or to you know invest in other things as well so once again a trusted advisor is someone that
0: has more value than just a pm company now here's something i want you to talk about i'm going to skip ahead a little bit in their slide presentation was you have an elongated annual uh i guess a a, a compilation report that you're sending to your owners and it, and i say it's elongated because you actually beef it up you give them a lot more than just like here's your annual compiled statement you know black and white p l boring numbers yeah it's more beefier. And I'm going to have you explain that. And this is where I'm going to go with it because I think you see it is it discourages them from selling. Mm-hmm. Let's think about that for a second because if they sell, they might leave your portfolio. Yep. It discourages them from selling because you're showing them how well they're doing. Two, it encourages them to buy another property mm-hmm. and let you manage it. So I really think that's a stroke of genius to send them some sort of elongated annual production piece. And I want you to elaborate on that. Yeah, you bet. So Think about a a traditional owner
1: statement where at the end of the year you get a copy of, here's what's happened with your rent, here's the expenses, give it to your tax accountant, done. An owner is gonna interpret that however they want. What we wanna do, we wanna control the narrative a little bit, so you look at the last couple years with the pandemic, we didn't raise rents a ton for a couple of years. So when an owner sees that statement and they see, oh, maybe expenses were a little bit higher this year, our rent didn't go up, maybe the rental isn't as valuable for me. However, if you provide them in addition to that report, you let them know maybe uh, expenses that were avoided or costs that were avoided by doing certain repairs. You know, you spent 400 bucks doing this, but you saved 2,500 by doing preventative maintenance. Mm -hmm. Or if you look at it and say, all right. Your rent did not go up this percentage. However, your home raised ninety thousand in value just by you doing nothing.
0: Because you include a comparative you, market, yeah. Analysis. We, we do a CMA.
1: Yeah. We do uh, an equity. You know, we look at where their equity is based on whether they have a loan or not. So then the conversation isn't, well, I got to get rid of this property. The conversation shifts to, you just got ninety thousand in equity. Do you want to put it to work somehow? Mm-hmm. If so. Let's get you involved with another property. So the, the conversation shifts from, man, we didn't do as well on this rental to, let's look for another
0: rental. Yeah. And that, when you put that in front of them every year, especially the equity gain, it makes it easier when they realize, okay, well, we had $3,000 in maintenance this year because it's a compiled statement, but you went up at $90,000 in value. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough for them to really, if you, if you put that in front of them, oh yeah, but you know, we had 3,000 maintenance repairs this year. Yeah. I don't know if I really want to do this any longer. I mean, just, we're getting killed by maintenance. Yeah. But you went up in 90,000 in value. It kind of like, quiets that conversation pretty quick. I really like that part. Now, anything else you wanna to add to that? I think the only other thing I would add to it is
1: we have seen in the last couple of years of, of you know incorporating this type of communication that a lot of those day-to-day questions that can drive property managers nuts start to dissipate because our owners start to see a longer-term perspective to it. So we've all dealt with those owners that you send them that first work order and they are reaching back out to you saying, well, I would never pay this much for this, or why am I getting charged for this? When they see how one decision like that could fit into a bigger picture and how you are managing for the bigger picture, not just for saving $10 here or there, they start to trust your judgment more, which then minimizes the requests that you get from them. So the time spent per owner has gone down. Because we send them stuff and the information, because it's coming consistently, it embeds in them that we are an expert. Now, are we an expert in everything? Absolutely not. But we are presenting the fact that we're not just going to collect your rent. We are building something for the long term. And I
0: think people buy into that. I do want to talk a little bit more about the live Zoom trainings that you're doing, because I think that's a hit. Now, it's nothing crazy new we all have zoom you always hear other conferences hey why don't you do a quarterly zoom call and and it kind of slides over your head and you're like yeah it's a good idea but you've done it and you can actually show some real results from it i want you to touch on that because i want you to kind of tell us how you do it kind of what the content is who's producing it and if they miss it they can go to a certain web page and see mm-hmm. it after after the fact recorded kind of talk us through some of this stuff you bet so i can tell you right off the bat our zoom
1: calls are quarterly and the equipment they feature are uh, a laptop and a conference table. <laughs> that's a lot. We have no microphones, <laughs> we have no lights, like anything like this. It you is need a production crew like what I have Yeah, now. I've got nothing like you have here, <laughs> but our owners embrace it. Now, could I invest more in a better setup like this? Absolutely. Our owners don't care. So that's the first thing is, don't
0: let thinking that you have to do something like this stop you from starting something that's good yeah i gotta i gotta hash on that a little bit more too because you know we've been banging a drum for videos for years right and you tell property management company owners you need to start doing more video content oh i'm afraid of the camera and i don't have a good backdrop and i don't have good lighting and i'm like just start your phone or start a camera yeah and just go like don't worry about that stuff and they put roadblocks in front of themselves so i want you to the listeners to understand that what you just talked about was don't worry about the tech stuff. Yeah. You know, if you're super worried about lighting, go to Amazon and spend 70 bucks on a light. Right. It's, not, it's right. not gonna break your bank, but you just put it out there. And so some of the content you're talking about, give me some, some more on that. So the content, so we decided that we want to do it
1: quarterly. The owners, when we first ran this, we ran it for a year and we, we got feedback from owners saying quarterly is pretty good. Because, you know, we make them 45 minutes to an hour and quarterly is really what our owners felt like was good. So four times a year. Now, as far as the content goes, we have a few criteria. The first criteria is we always have a guest speaker with us. Okay. The reason being is we like having a guest speaker because it shows that not only are we trying to be an expert for them but we are trying to connect them to the best minds in their local industry so we have a couple of relationships with local attorneys we had an attorney on last summer that talked about the eviction process because we had owners asking about it so they talked about the eviction process for 20 minutes we talked about eviction coverage eviction protection programs that we have that can protect landlords, and then we open it up to questions. So our first criteria is we like to have a guest speaker. Okay. Second criteria is we have to talk about services that we provide. We don't shove it down people's throats, but we say, if we're gonna talk about something, let's talk about how Welch Randall or the PM company is solving a problem for the owner. Because once again, that's what we're trying to embed into the owner's mindset is, there's a lot of problems out there and they're complicated and you don't want to try to do this on your own and attorneys are really good at driving that home okay. because they start to note you know uh, uh, an act or a law or something they spout off on that and the listeners are like I definitely don't want to do this and then we go into and here's the things that come included with your management fee of what we do here are things that you can add to it and we always have sign-ups after and then the last piece
0: is we, we make sure that we leave time for Q&A. So there's, there's a, a fear factor in that. I'm gonna bring it up. So yep. I mean, you might have had this conversation with your crew. So you're on an open Zoom call with 50 owners, 100 owners, whatever it could be. What if somebody starts going down that rabbit hole of the hate mode? Yeah. you ever talked through this? Yes. Okay. So, and I will tell you, this was a, a big fear of ours because when you
1: get an open mic somebody that's been ang- you know they're angry over something they've got an open mic and it's like this is my chance to let everybody know that i'm upset i will say in in what we've been doing with this we have only had to i will use the word redirect
0: okay, okay. an
1: owner one time and it was not because they got angry over something it was because they were just going off the rails on yeah. something however
0: once again, I get that the fear is out there. It really shouldn't exist. So on a on a techie side, maybe Matt, you could help me on this. But there's probably a way you can turn off any sort of Q and A where they can actually come in and, and talk to you, or you just like turn it on where it's commenting Zoom? in Zoom. I'm, there's got to be could a do way. A chat. I mean, you like can chat only, mm-hmm. right? You can do breakout rooms. Or breakout rooms. Okay. Okay. Like, um, I'm just trying to you know quell that fear, and maybe yeah. it's just a tech button. You know what I mean? Where it's just a set Okay, yeah, and, so and if once somebody again, to, yeah, okay. this
1: is Zoom one oh one. Like this is not anything that you need to lose any sleep over. Um, I also think an important aspect of this, and you mentioned it earlier, so we record every Zoom meeting that we do mm-hmm. and then we put it on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, and I assure you we are not getting hundreds and thousands of views. Sure. But it, it helps us a little bit organically yep. on Google. And it's a great resource to send to people. So when that owner calls and says, I'm upset or I have a question over this, we say, you know what, I'm going to send you a link to our discussion on pet revenue and pet protection
0: plans. Go back, take a listen to it, and then let's talk again. Yeah, no content is bad in that regard. Yeah, exactly. And probably have you added it to your website as well, like links Mm -hmm. and, okay. So yeah, you can embed it in your website, you can add it to a YouTube channel, Uh, you can drive organic leads to that as like a resource like hey learn more about us in our quarterly zoom meetings go to this page check it out it's a great way to close potential new owners and keep your existing owners on board with you and the only fee you pay is a zoom subscription right? yes we, we all do
1: have not, anyway. we do not need to overthink this and yes. if you look at our videos they're raw they're vulnerable and no one cares
0: <laughs> i wouldn't say no one cares i think it's good well, stuff either people way care, but no one
1: cares that they're not perfect
0: Well, yeah, they're going to give you some leeway and uh, they get to be heard a little bit. They get to see what's going on and you can explain it face to face because it's much easier to explain a pet policy to a camera or to a colleague that's listening especially when you're charging pet fees. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't you giving me the pet fees? Why are you guys keeping the late fees? And you can you can answer that a bit more and start bringing in things that they didn't think of. Like we were just talking over there uh, with Brian on another matter and he's an East Coast guy and we're talking about maintenance. And he's like, well, I charge my owners X percent for maintenance uh, for, you know, all the, the invoicing. I'm like, yeah, do your owners understand that you're paying for the general liability insurance, Mm -hmm. that you're liable for everything that goes wrong with that home, that you're handling the maintenance coordination, you're handling the invoicing. Do they understand that part? Well, no, I guess you're right. We need to do a better job at communicating that to them. Right. That's where, that's exactly what you and I are talking about. Uh, In that quarterly zoom type of a meeting, Mm -hmm. you can explain why we charge for maintenance and this is how it works. Here's what meld costs. Yep. Here's what our general liability insurance costs, and these things we can't absorb as a business unless we charge for the action. And you could have one maintenance request in a century, or yep. one a week. We don't know based upon your home. Yeah. So we have to charge per event. Yep. So anyway, just elaborating and, on that. And bit I more.
1: do think the lowest hanging fruit on a uh, an event like this, do an industry update. So you're a local market expert. If you're not sure what to do for your first one, do a leasing forecast, where you talk yep. about the industry and say, we're anticipating rents are going to go up this amount. We're working with this. We're, we're going to work on these programs. But owners love that stuff. Yeah. If, if you go to an owner and say, hey, watch this 30 minute Zoom, join us. And then you can ask us questions about, you know, specifics about lease renewals. It's such an easy way to just help them know what's going on and once again establish yourself as a local expert. Hot topic
0: right now, because we're in May, is the property tax assessments. Uh-huh. So I don't know when they come out in, in Utah, but in Texas they're all coming out in April. So everybody's you know up in arms because most of the counties in Texas have gone up significantly, 10, 20% sure. in the assessed value because of the hot market. Mm-hmm. And so a good topic would be to get onto a Zoom call or bring a guest on, because there are, there are services out there that will fight your property taxes for you. You could bring them on and interview them and say, okay, how do we fight property taxes and just go down that topic discussion. And that alone is a yeah. value add. So yeah. I, I love the concept and I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here because you and I know, both like it. But I think we need to, RentWorks, I think we need to do a better job at it and implement this right away. I think that's really good. Now, one of the things I want to talk about too is you discussed celebrating milestones during the property management life cycle. And in here, you have a cadence of 10, 12 events that go on. And a lot of them are first-time things. Like the Mm -hmm. first time they get their property management agreement signed, you have some sort of like, you know, feedback call or feedback text or something. I want you to explain this and how you communicate that to the owners. So this is something we
1: started with a base and now we're building off of that base. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. So for an owner, our goal with an owner is to have them look at the life cycle and, re- and realize how much is happening outside of just finding a tenant and collecting rent. Mm-hmm. There is a lot happening, but if it's not being communicated, then an owner sometimes can look at it and say, well, we got a tenant in, they're paying, but now what am I paying for that's what we don't want. So we celebrate milestones. And the, the milestones, like you said, the PM agreement, a new tenant, first work order, first, uh, first time the direct deposit goes through. We celebrate different things that happen. And then we also look at uh, other events that are personal maybe to the owner, a birthday, Uh, we do an anniversary, you know, from the date that we signed the management
0: agreement. That's easy stuff. Let's back up a bit. So let's go just a couple at a time, for example. Big ones I would think would be first statement. Yep. Because a lot of owners get their first statement, they just lease out their home, and of course you've already communicated, okay, we have an applicant, okay, execute a lease agreement, okay, first time rent, okay, we got all that done. First statement goes out, you know, second week in June, first Mm -hmm. week in June, you call them up and say, hey, I know you just got your first statement. This is what triggers a call, triggers a phone call. We know you just got your first statement. Uh, if you want some guidance on it, feel free to call us back. Always leave a voicemail, mm-hmm. right? Always, always leave a voicemail. Maybe a text message goes out. Email, not so much. You know, I wouldn't do it on an email because after a while, emails turn into white noise. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's just so many of them in mm-hmm. our inboxes. But a voice phone call is super powerful because if you get them on the phone, you say, do you have questions about this line, questions about this line? No, I think I'm good, Brad. I you know, appreciate your call. Yeah okay, if you had concerns, call us back, we'll go through it again. That's really important to get them settled in. Yeah, Because some of the statements are confusing, and especially if you're into a new software where it might be a change, or they're uh-huh. coming new to you from a different management company that may not even used software. I think that's something that we gotta get better at as an industry to get the owners settled in. Well, and you think about it, a lot of companies have a
1: handbook or something like that. But what percentage of our owners receive a a handbook and then say, I would like to spend three or four hours to just dive into this. (laughs) You're gonna look at it when a problem comes up. So instead of waiting for the problem to come, that first statement generally has like a lease-up fee or a marketing fee. That can freak an owner out because maybe it's been vacant for a few weeks, they're needing the income, and then we're gobbling up a percentage of
0: it. Oh, a big one to yeah. interrupt you. That's the it, biggest, Yeah, you know, yeah. The big one-time that, fee. On those statements, typically the first one, we have Texas property code. Mm-hmm. And so you probably have the same thing. And a lot of us just common sense. Hey, we're changing the locks. Oh, okay, we're such evil tyrants for doing that. Uh, we're adding a smoke detector, you yep. know what I mean? We're changing out an air filter. Uh, we're adding a carbon monoxide mm-hmm. detector in certain states. And owners see that first time, well, if I'd have known you are going to charge me $10.95 for a smoke detector, I'd have spent $6.95 and done it myself. Right. right. So it's a two-headed monster. you got to warn them in the beginning. And then when they get the statement, you got to say, okay, just making sure you're cool with all the, all the stuff that we had to do to get your property ready and meet with the, the local yep. property codes. It's a and, big trigger. And I do feel like a lot of this you can automate.
1: However, you mentioned the, 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 the problem of white noise with email. If a client gets so many automated emails, yeah. they're going to stop reading them. Right. Because we, they can start to read an automated me- email. You can start to filter through it and say, Dear so and so, here is an automatically generated email that's meant to help you feel peace. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. It, like, an automated email is not a bad thing. Sure. However, I think, and and this is something that we I would like to do better with. That first statement, I love the idea of a phone call, because even if it's a voicemail, that is really going to be most likely the biggest cut from the owner during a year's period. Yeah, more than likely, unless there's a big a big maintenance event.
0: Yeah. Side story on that. So, did a VRBO one time, right? And you're only doing it for three, four, five nights to a, to a short-term rental, but. You went and picked up the keys. This is back before they were doing lockboxes, kind of the beginning of the VRBO. You get settled into the property and a phone call immediately from the management company that we're renting from for a four-night stay. Yeah. A phone call. Went to voicemail. No big deal. But basically you said, hey, just making sure you're all settled in. If you have any questions, call us back. I did not call back, mm-hmm. but I felt really darn good Right. That he called me and left me a voicemail. And so I think that's pretty important and and we forget about those little things, right? Voicemails are pretty effective. Text messages are a little drier. Emails are the worst. Yeah. But I do think people got to get better at doing that and just calling.
1: Exactly. And I I think the other point of the life cycle of a tenant that gets really scary for an owner is when the tenant gives notice. Yeah. Because then it goes to what's my property going to look like? How long is it going to take to fill? What? now what happens? You know, what if it's trashed? Yeah. So I think that's another point where an email can help maybe lay out what's going to happen, but a phone call or a video email that yeah. that is a personalized, we are reaching out to make sure we're connecting with you. It's night and day different.
0: Yeah. And there's video techniques out there like bomb bomb. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys talked about that in there as well, but I think that's a hugely important trigger more, more than the initial statement just because when a tenant gives notice, that's when the owners start to go weird. Yeah. Meaning, I don't mean weird, but I'm saying like they want to sell. They want to self-manage. They want to move back in. They want to move their cousin in or Mm -hmm. something, you know, weird is what I'm trying to say. If you can get ahead of that and say, hey, owner gave notice, They're, they're moving out in 60 days just making sure you're good with us re-renting the property. We're gonna go through the comparables and decide on a future rent. Mm -hmm. But if anything's changed in your situation, now's the time for us to discuss it. Well, you know, I'm thinking about selling, Brad. I think you guys, you know, I'm thinking about selling. Great, we'd be happy to help you. Let me get you over to the sales department. Let me Mm -hmm. get you a CMA. If you do that via email, they're gonna say, oh, read the email, cool. Keller Williams agent outside of my organization. Uh, we want to sell this property. Go take it over from the landlord, the property management company, go take it over from them in, yeah. in two weeks. And they never call you to tell you that. And next thing you know, you got an agent that shows up and your desk, your front desk, your front door. So, hey, I'm taking over that property because the tenant's leaving. The owner hired me to sell their home. Yeah. Real life scenario, huh? Well,
1: case in point, last Thursday, or no, last Wednesday, a tenant contacted us, said, or excuse me, an owner contacted us and said, we think it's time to sell the property. I was headed out of town and I said, well, I'll put together a quick CMA for you. We do the CMA. I don't check in on it. Just yesterday morning, I got an email saying, this was the best info. We, we have a cousin that's never done a real estate deal. He's going to sell it for us now. Thanks for providing him the info. So once again, that's something we could have saved, kept it in house, but I needed to do a better job of in-person, you know, working with that, massage it. Enterprise Bank & Trust, the bank you all formerly knew as Seacoast Commerce Bank. With the same team, the same benefits, and an expanded and improved product suite. Enterprise Bank & Trust specializes in trust accounts and business banking for property managers. One of their best features is a cash analysis program where they can assist in paying your property management related invoices. Contact Allison at
0: 619-988-6708 to learn more. So one of the things I wanna talk about with you Brad next is Klein events. Because I thought that was a darn good idea. Now, it's, again, it's nothing new. It's not rocket surgery. We've all kind of heard about it. But you're pulling these off at a high level, and they've evolved for you. I mean, a client event could be a customer appreciation party. Okay, let's all show up. We have a couple sodas, and you know, we go to Aqua World or, or yep. Aquarium. You know, yep. Good stuff. But you made this or allowed this to evolve in a really, really type of a cool format. I want you to talk more about it. So right now, our owner events
1: are obviously in-person events where we, give it, we get a chance for it. We're kind of knocking out a number of, we're, we're killing a lot of birds with one stone. We have a client event where owners can come with their families. We get to connect with them. We have employees that use this as an employee event, come with their families as well. So it kind of works as both. But this is a way for us and and we build our budget on this based on certain ancillary revenue fees that we charge so resident benefit package lease administration fee one-time lease start fee and lease renewal those four fees we put 30 percent of the income from that into what we call an owner experience budget now a lot of companies I know they do gifts I am not against gifts. I think gifts are great. Right. However, the whole
0: book, Giftology. Remember yeah. Reading exactly. That thing? Yeah. You
1: know um, how to uh, or how to never lose a client. Right. There's a the lot
0: cut, of different the things. That way. concept. I get exactly. It. Love it. However,
1: do you remember a gift you got two years ago? Nope. Do you remember something you did two years ago, like a trip or something? Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Got pictures of it. It's an experience, and so what we've looked at is, I can send them a personalized coffee mug and they will open it and they'll say, that is a really nice thing. But I can create an event where they get to connect and maybe do something unique that they can actually do with a family, with a partner, a spouse, and also connect and get some education from it or connect with vendors, things like that. It's a win-win for everybody.
0: Let's talk about the intrinsic value of that. Even if they don't attend, they see you as a company putting this event together taking care of your owners, giving back a little bit to your owner base and your mm-hmm. clients. And a lot of times they'll call you. I bet they call you up and say, Brad, I'm so sorry. I can't attend. Yeah, I really love Go, Go elaborate on that. So our last
1: event was last November. We rented out an aquarium in Salt Lake. We had we rented it from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. We had people in tuxedos looking like penguins delivering meatballs creme brulee. We had stations set up where you could go meet with a mortgage officer to talk about an existing home, your current loan, and it's like sitting outside the shark tank. Then you go to another area and you have um, a home inspection company. Then you go to another one and you have someone from our maintenance division talking about maintenance plans. So we gave everybody essentially a guidebook for the event. If they filled up their guidebook, they won another prize. But to do that, they have to talk to all the vendors. The vendors are paying a $500 fee to be a part of it, so it offsets some of the costs, mm-hmm. not all of it. Yeah. But we had clients. I mean, because not all of our clients live in this in the area. It's yeah. not going to happen that way. Right. But we had clients that called and and had RSVP'd that couldn't come, so apologetic that they couldn't come. And we have clients saying, "Okay, what is the 2022?" What's the next event? Like, what's the next one? They're already excited about the next one. Yes, exactly. And it's not that you don't you don't have to go crazier and crazier, but once again, people really are looking for an owner a value add experience. And as we sur- we do a survey with owners every year, ninety four percent of our owners said this was one of the highest value things we did for them. And we had three hundred people there, which maybe represented. 70 to 85 owners and we have hmm. 200. So less than half came, Yeah, of course. but 94% of our owners
0: said this is a high value event. That's outstanding. So I, I, That's why I really wanted to elaborate on it here because hardly anybody's doing that. Uh, I've, I've heard of different techniques where they have an owner appreciation investor night, like Rich Drake mm-hmm. in Houston, where he does this big yes. thousand person event. And I've been to a couple times, you know, he get 600, 800 people there. It's crazy. But it's, it's all investors you know, like people that are trying to buy the flippers and all the, the rehabbers and all that. Then you have all the vendors mm-hmm. and it's good as a speaking event and he's doing it monthly. I don't know how much value that's adding as much as that is. What I'm saying is they all add good value, but I think the annual thing making it a bit more exclusive and making it invitation RSVP type scenario versus uh, an event where they just show up, whether yeah. they RSVP or not. And anyway, I just, I think it's genius. Now you've, basically transitioned this or allowed it to and uh, change a bit into something a bit more exclusive. I want you to talk more about that. So
1: we've been noticing over the last two years that we have more and more clients providing more doors for us. So everybody loves, I mean, I'm a part of the Delta Sky Club not because i think it's necessarily a great deal financially but i love the quote status that comes with going to the sky club Mm -hmm. getting miles racked up all that I, i love getting the emails that say you're a vip there is something intrinsic that makes you feel good seeing that so we are looking at what we call our elite investors and those are people that have multiple properties with us or they are our referring they just refer like nobody else
0: so you got to go through the list with a fine tooth comb yes. to kind of identify and, your and this top. is
1: something i do as a as an owner
0: uh, i assume so this so is not
1: like a we don't have our uh you know remote employee yeah. saying let's invite this person this is this is me going through saying yeah. these this number of people is going to come yeah. so what we are doing now and this year will be our first time doing it is an elite investor summit where we're going to have 10 to 20 so not a big group and we're going to mastermind outside of park city utah for a day they come for the day we're going to have some sponsors there helping you know nothing nothing massive like this we're talking we're going to find a venue do it but we're going to open it up for a lot of discussion we're going to talk about market updates. Yeah. We're going to talk about risks that they should be worried about. And then we're going to have a very straightforward conversation with them to say, what are the values that you see in what we're doing? What are the things that you wish? Like, what are things that are are hard for you right now with us? Maybe you take them through a SWOT analysis. Yeah. A SWOT analysis would be great Yeah. because there is a lot of there, there's a lot of nervousness in the market right now. With you know, talk of recession, mm-hmm. is the market shifting? What's happening with you know? Are we going to go to war? All of these different things. Do I think a SWOT analysis is a, a brilliant way to look at it? But we are, we are labeling this the VIP elite, and and then we're still going to promote it. You know, we're going to let everybody know that we've done it. Okay. So that our owners can say, okay, well, how do I, how do I get into that? Yeah. And the other thing we're doing is we're still gonna do a client event, but if you are an elite owner, you get extra tickets to the event, you get early access to the event, kind of like when you go to Disney. Yep. yep. You get in an hour early, it's a four hour event, you get the hour right off the bat. Yeah. You get extra tickets, you get a little pass that looks
0: different than everybody else's, and I have no doubt people will go nuts for it. I'm pretty excited to hear how that goes. It's obviously going to work because you have a good owner base there. I mean, a good place to meet. You can do a mastermind session. You can probably bring in a guest speaker or two, Mm -hmm. maybe a mortgage person, maybe a, you know, who knows? I'm just somebody to get add value to that presentation. And, you know, there could be a lot of offhand conversations just off to the side that says, you know, I'm I'm pretty, now that I hear this, I'm more confident in the market. I want to buy 10 more properties. Yeah. And you're like, great, Well, we can help you and we can manage them and everybody wins.
1: Well, and, and today you talked about pocket listings. Yes. If there's something that we can add to that investor, the elite investor, it's the ability to gain pocket listings. So all these people that are meeting own multiple properties. Mm-hmm. And if so-and-so says, I'm looking to grow my portfolio and we can help facilitate an in-office sale at an event like that, it will pay for itself instantly. Absolutely. So. That is the next phase of this that I think we want to really expand is to say, we want to give all of our owners the opportunity to purchase an investment from us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to go to the MLS. You don't have to compete with all these yep. multiple offers. But for this elite group of investors, you are going to get premier, you know, first rate, first, uh, first look status.
0: What's, what's really going to perk their ears is no competition, Mm -hmm. right? They get first look and lowered commissions Mm -hmm. because nobody really wants to pay commissions and they know you're just like doing paperwork. But you say, look, we're reducing our commissions by half or whatever the number is. All you gotta do is let us manage it still. Just keep it under management with us. And they're like, oh yeah, no problem. And and we've got the data. So we sit there and we're not saying, here's
1: what your cash flow could be. We, we throw down the, the PDF. We give them the, the handout that says, Here's how it's been performing over the last three years. Yeah. Here's our
0: projection for year one, two, and three. This is what we're gonna do to rent. Well, the risk is when it gets competitive. Yeah. Like, what if you have a, a solid pocket listing, and you blast it to 10 clients, and you get eight bids? Hunger game style, man. I know. All right, right, let's all Open it, it up, yeah. open it up, but yeah. <laughs> but what a good problem to have, because yeah, it would be.
1: if you have multiple people competing for a pocket listing, then yeah, maybe it doesn't work out for one, but you say, "I know that this is the type you're looking for. Let me check and see
0: if we have something else that might work." I think that's very—it's uh, democratic. Yeah, I, I like that style because one of the things I was talking about in the pocket listing format is, eventually you'll dwindle it down to one or two investors that uh, they will snatch up anything you put out. Yeah, right. But that's not necessarily broad-based good for the business because mm-hmm. ultimately you're trying to gain more referrals. And it's almost like you should do a round robin. Yeah. I, I know I'm just, this crazy idea, but yeah. like like a lottery style. Okay. If you're interested, the, the price is X. We'll put you in a, at a lottery ball and we'll draw and, and the winner gets to buy the property. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so this is something that
1: an owner brought up to us is they said, would your company ever consider being the facilitator for a larger multifamily investment? So for example, you have a $3.5 million multifamily that you are aware of coming to the market. You get this group of investors together and you say, if you would like to participate, here's the opportunity. You can invest at this level or at this level. Oh, it's a syndication. It's
0: just a syndication. And a, I know others are gonna talk about
1: great this more. That's a great
0: way to spin that. I had not even thought of that.
1: That's fantastic. But if you could get to that point, I mean, we're only talking, the, the biggest one we've sold is a four unit. Yeah. But think about being able to say, we can put together an amazing offer for this property we have access to it Mm -hmm. and we've got the investors behind it once again you are not a property manager at that point you are an investment advisor yes and they are there's no way they're leaving you yeah for for a long you know to say oh well someone will do it for eight percent you're at nine percent like no one's gonna no right. one's going to do that.
0: Not when you're adding that value. And that's real value. That's, yeah. That's exciting stuff because these investors, I mean, they don't have the time to go out and look for deals. Yeah. I mean, it, being an investor, air quote right now, is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find the deals otherwise? But I love that because that can create an instant syndication. You could go get the financing all lined up and just explain to them, okay, we need 50 grand or hundred grand ready to go within two weeks notice of us putting together a syndication and we can go buy that two, $3 million multifamily yep. and then we all own a piece of it. And guess who's managing it?
1: We get the management, Absolutely. It's, it's multi. I mean, once again, these businesses, for the, for the companies that don't have a brokerage piece, you, you need a brokerage piece. To be a long-term advisor, I don't think you can just do PM alone and not incorporate that aspect of it because the, the long-term value is going to involve an acquisition, a sale, or a repurposing of a property at some point or multiple times. So if if you say, I can manage a property really well, but I'm going to just have to refer you to Joe, you know, whoever, I keep using the name Joe, doesn't <laughs> matter, whoever it is, if you just refer it out. You are letting thousands and probably tens of thousands of dollars—not only in sales revenue, but in PM fees and all that other ancillary revenue—yep,
0: go to waste. Because retaining a management contract is going to generate you roughly three to four thousand dollars a year in just revenue. Yep, per one management contract, and that's the average numbers. You know, we could we could split hairs there, but it's great to make the commission one time, but it's much better to make that. X thousand dollars of Mm -hmm. annual revenue year over year over year, which also creates the other opportunities of referrals and other opportunities to sell more stuff. So I'm going to cut you short here, fantastic conversation, man, this is great stuff. I'm really going to be looking forward to hearing how this summit is going to go. And maybe we do another podcast on that just to kind kind of see what's spinning off on that. I know I'm spinning because I want to take some of these back to RentWorks and whiteboard them with the team because that's how I think. I mean, mm-hmm. Trello or whatever, the other management right, software stuff. Right. I like whiteboarding. I like big whiteboards. And we draw stuff up there and we beat it up as a team. And we have our quarterly meetings, which is all EOS style. So we'll bring up mm-hmm. some of these and then, okay, set up a timeline for, for implementation. Great stuff. Any parting comments? Just thanks for the opportunity. Uh, these are,
1: I, I can assure you. These ideas don't come because of any brilliance of myself or anything that way. It comes from owners being willing to share what would benefit them. And all we're trying to do is implement little by little. So if you're not sure where to start, start with something and then move from there. So happy to be
0: here. Thanks for having me on. Great presentation today, Brad. Thanks again. Thanks.
1: Need a repair at 2 a.m.? Easy does it. Easy Repair coordinates maintenance and nothing else and takes after-hour maintenance calls for property managers, working with your property management software so you can see exactly what Easy is doing without leaving your own software. From Las Vegas, Nevada, our full-time maintenance coordinators will dispatch your work orders directly with your vendors. Give us a call at 800-488-6032 or visit our website, Easy Repair Hotline LLC.com. This has been a podcast episode by PropertyManagementProductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.